0: You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football
1: Show. right, everybody, welcome into another exciting episode of the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. Pound for Pound, the heaviest fantasy show on the market. As always, it's your boys, King Josh, Josh the King, Big Roman, the Fantasy Fish. What's
0: up, fellas? What's going on, man?
1: So, uh, you know, football happened. That was the thing. Preseason's finally over. We're finally at the cusp of the regular season. It's right upon us. It, you know, God damn, I can't wait for football to begin. Unfortunately, you know, just like every other thing, injuries happen. A lot of, uh, roster cuts moves gotta be made. Some guys look like dude, Mac Jones, he might be starting sooner rather than later. He's looking really good this, uh, preseason.
0: Yeah, it does look good. I've been saying that for a minute.
1: I don't I. I wasn't, it's funny. I don't know. Maybe it's, I just, I wasn't really bought like sold on him coming into the season, but then, uh. Just this whole preseason, man, he just looks so good, and then especially with they have talented wide receivers in New England, but not I mean it, it, it felt like they didn't have a true stud wide receiver, but the fact that he's making these throws, that just these veteran throws and making his players shine, its just it, it's looking good, and you know the I, I mean, I guess you also can't really uh, count off uh, Bill Belichick, you know, he finds a way. yes, he does. <laughs> Good talk guys I guess we'll just dive right into the news and noise <laughs> um, Right off the bat uh, Let's see Like A lot of players are uh, getting cut right now So it seems to be the big news Or current news Some big names, some not so big names As I'm scrolling through The one that was disappointing for me is uh, Backup Denver quarterback Kendall Hinton Has been waived by the Denver Broncos
0: It's unfortunate I feel
1: like he if anybody deserves a roster spot, it should be him.
2: I mean uh, ever since they brought in Teddy there's well I mean, what's the point of him unfortunately
1: it was just it was more of a fun thing the the fact that he was game to you know be be thrown right in there
2: he didn't do very good though, did he I'm trying to think back he was oh, God, everybody was, was like, oh, he's going to be the let's do it wide receiver playing quarterback mm mm. No, it was,
1: it was, he went like four for nine, like seven yards. It was bad. (laughs) It was really bad. Uh, Quarterback Trey Lance. He's going to miss roughly a week with a quote unquote chip in his finger. I mean, I guess we weren't really going to see Trey Lance anyways. I don't think he was going to be the starter with, uh, Jimmy G back in town, but, uh, you know, it was it was just uh something to keep an eye on, especially if, if you know if the Niners start Owen two, Owen three, you know they're gonna be calling for his name.
2: It absolutely will. But I don't think I don't think it's gonna come to that. I don't see them starting 0 and whatever. What I would be worried about is having watched Jimmy G do what he did trying to get into the end zone going head first, trying to paralyze himself. Man, mm. I was I was sitting there going, dude, this is preseason. What the fuck are you doing? Quit trying to hurt yourself.
1: We, we got a note here from Director Ross. Big news. Possible uh, delay to the beginning of the season for the New Orleans Saints due to the hurricane.
0: I mean. Hmm. They'll probably play. They'll probably play. What was it? Where were they playing? What was it? When they had Katrina, they play they played still. They just played in like a northern Louisiana. Were they in like
1: Minnesota or Buffalo or something like that. No, well,
0: yeah, they I did. Think they went. I think they went up north.
2: But that that happened with Miami also, if I recall correctly.
0: They also played a couple of games in Louisiana before the Superdome was fixed, and I, I don't. It might have been LSU. I can't remember. It was like ten years ago, probably longer. they I don't think they'll delay the games. I'm they could. It's. Definitely something to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, but it's always tough, you know, getting pulled out of your uh getting pulled out of your home stadium to then be basically a road team. You know, you lose your competitive edge and stuff like that. Plus, I mean I, I, I you know, fortunately we've never experienced a hurricane season. Uh could you imagine trying to like game day prep, but you're also worried about evacuating or you're fucking you know, what do, what do you do? Well,
0: they're in Dallas right now, practicing at Jerry's World. So they're still prepping and practicing as regular. I think they left before the hurricane got there, and then that's why I say it might be a good thing if they're play in Louisiana somewhere the the mm-hmm. stadium will be smaller, but at least it'd still be kind of a home crowd, yeah, but I don't think they know the status of the dome yet. I think that's the biggest thing is they gotta inspect that whole big ass building to figure it out
1: yeah uh Chiefs waved running back Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson, he was a sixth round selection in twenty nineteen. But I mean I guess with Clyde Edwards Alaire being at full health, Damien Williams is gone. So they have uh no, they do they have Damien Williams? Who do they have? They have
2: Daryl Williams.
1: Daryl Williams, there you go. Yes. Yeah, so that you know, I got Daryl Williams back. You know, I, I think they're just happy with the running back room they have. And I don't think Darwin Thompson played any special teams either, so I think he lost all of his value to them.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh Big one for you, Rome, because he was your boy coming into the season. Deshaun Watson, he is uh, th- the Texans are prepared to declare Watson inactive for every week of 2021, which is absolutely insane because they still have to pay him his $10.54 million salary because they won't. And then I heard that uh, Watson won't waive his no trade clause either.
2: <laughs> Pettiness is just wonderful.
0: I have a question. I'm not sure if you guys know the answer to. What if they say that they want him to start, and he says no? Can they just not pay him? Oh shit.
1: I, I mean, maybe they can levy fines. I'm not sure. That's a good question. I mean, that
2: would technically be a breach of contract, right?
0: Right, and then they could. I I just don't know how it works because. I looked it up and I didn't find like very in-depth rules. I don't think it's ever happened before where someone was like able to play and they're like, no, other than holdouts during the preseason.
2: Yeah. I feel like you'd really have to look into like the uh, The legality of it. Yeah. The legality in the contract or the language of the contract itself.
0: We need to hire a lawyer to be on the show.
2: (laughs) Next guy. They're they're going to, they're
0: going to trade him to
1: Philadelphia for backup old aging running back and a couple draft picks.
0: Look at Gardner Minshew.
1: Yeah. You know what? I will say, actually, you know, I'll, we'll touch on that. The Gardner Minshew trade, I feel that's more of a Jalen Hurts thing than an actual, what's it called? Uh, Deshaun Watson moving to Philadelphia thing. Because I, I think, you know, Hurts has not looked good this preseason. The running, or I'm sorry, the wide receivers don't really seem to be coming along uh, or progressing the way that they were hoping. So I feel like them acquiring Gardner Minshew – to me, that's more of a hurts thing than anything else.
0: I definitely think it's uh, what they got going on now. I don't think they can count on trying to get Watson or anything. I don't think they want to even consider it at this point.
2: Well, I mean, who is their backup? Who is their backup in house right now? Joe Flacco. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, he looked like shit. Oh my god, he looked so bad in those preseason games.
1: Well, it's. I mean, I think we all know that Flacco's career is just. Is probably over. I mean, certainly, but
2: got like you got to think, Wins is a he's a mobile quarterback. He's going to run. The risk of injury is greater.
1: You mean hurts? If you're going to be
2: stuck, yeah. I mean hurts. Yeah, I mean hurts. That's fine. Wait, but, but no. But the, other, the other hurts. thing
0: too is if they make a game plan for hurts, Joe Flacco right. can't do it. Gardner Minshew can, so yeah. they can keep the same offense that they're trying to build.
2: Right.
1: But see, my thing. <laughs> I, I mean, just fucking circling back to my Daryl Henderson stuff, if you weren't completely sold on your guy, you wouldn't be bringing bodies in. And Philadelphia didn't give up uh, nothing for Minshew. They gave up a fourth and a sixth. Those are huge draft capital picks right there. Like, I mean, that that's massive to me. That speaks, like I said, I think that's more of a Jalen Hurts. I think that's a lack in Hurts than anything else.
0: Who's backing up Trevor
2: Lawrence now?
1: And Mike Glennon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
2: he is still there.
1: Yeah. Glennon's a, he's not a bad backup. You know, he's not very mobile. Actually, it might be uh is Jeff Driscoll there now? Where's Driscoll playing? Oh Driscoll's Uh I guess I'll touch on some more things while we wait. Big news for Colts COVID herpes list: uh, Zach Pascal, Carson Wentz, and center Ryan Kelly have all been uh, tested positive, or a staff member tested positive and then deemed uh, close proximity. So they're going to be um, out for the next five days, as long as they stay negative or asymptomatic. So I mean that to me, that's I I think I mean we've talked about this before. Just like last year, I think this is gonna be an ongoing issue, especially for the anti vaxxed players. Um, before the show in our little pre show meeting, uh Ross mentioned, you know, um Tannehill on the COVID herpes list and I don't know if he is or isn't vaxxed, but God, the whole south of the NFL, everyone seems to be catching the COVID herpes right now.
0: There there was a report that said he was, but they still have to test positive two times in a row in a forty eight hour period. Or test negative, I'm sorry. Or take ten days.
2: It was C.J. Beathard, by the way, to touch on that. There you go, C.J. Beathard.
1: But the only thing that I think they changed this year for the COVID protocol versus last year, I believe they're doing daily testing or every other day. Something like they're doing more testing, so I think the likelihood of you getting a positive or negative test is now going to come more sooner. God, my grammar's bad. But it's going to come sooner rather than later, whereas uh, last year, I think more time passed before. I, I just think now they upped the actual testing process.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know how any of that's working. But I know that this is something that you want to be watching where you're setting your lineups if players are potentially missing games. I think exactly. we have a little bit of time to worry to wait to worry about that. But it's something to consider because it could be more people are test positive on the Colts and then another person has 10 days and then another person has 10 days and it could end up impacting more people. Same with the Titans and any other team that has an outbreak.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cardinals wide receiver, Keyshawn Johnson's been waived. So, I mean, I kind of figured, you know, that's coming with, you know, the crowded ass wide receiver room. I'm sure Keyshawn will end up either on their practice squad or he'll latch on somewhere else. But, you know, with Christian Kirk, AJ Green, D hop, Rondale Moore, there's just too much going on there right now. And I think they probably – I mean, I, I'll have to double-check, but I think they probably want to keep an extra running back on the on the roster with Chase Edmonds and James Conner being their running backs right now. So, I mean, maybe they're doing it more as a move to make space somewhere else.
0: Yeah, they likely will have more than two running backs on their roster. Yeah. So, I don't know who they got, but beyond that – They've got Eno Eno Benjamin.
2: He he played a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. They don't really have much after those big two.
1: They're going to sign Todd Gurley. I I hope so. He needs to
2: catch on somewhere.
1: Albert Breer reports the Texans are willing to listen to offers for pretty much any of their veterans, and that includes David Johnson and Brandon Cooks. So that dumpster fire that is known as the Houston Texans is going to continue to burn bright and hot. for quite some time
2: they're going to be so much fun to watch just a disaster that is
1: i'm just hoping that the texans are going to be that team where you're so excited that your starting players are going to be playing the texans that week because they're just bad <laughs> everywhere so you're going to be if you know if you're streaming defenses hey you know what here here's a tip for the season if you need to stream a quarterback a tight end, a kicker defense whatever who, who's the te- who are the texans playing this week go for that guy
0: Oh. Same with if you're doing a survival league.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. and pick whoever's playing Detroit.
0: Yeah. Actually Detroit options.
1: might be not that bad. I don't know. I don't hate I don't hate Jared Goff I
0: don't know. that much. We'll see how that coach does. They got the coach that used to be the Saints offensive coordinator. Maybe they could put together an offense that actually moves the ball regularly. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But maybe.
1: Uh Chicago Bears. They're gonna to listen to trade offers for Nick Foles. So he'll probably end up on the Colts and ruin Carson Wentz again.
0: What's this about Nick Foles has he gets to pick if he doesn't want to be traded to that team. Why are Chicago doing that? Not that it matters, but I saw a report on that today.
1: Not entirely sure.
0: He doesn't have a no trade clause, but they're basically giving him one. I don't know why you would do that for a backup quarterback.
1: Uh Brashad Perriman, he was cut by Detroit. Yeah, that's Which one is of the biggest cuts? Me, that's a big cut to me, especially because Detroit more or less had no wide receivers with I mean Tyrell Williams, you know, young, but he's he's not a stud wide receiver. He's good enough. Like if he's your wide receiver two, three on a team, that's good. But you know, so that could be maybe they have a vote of confidence in Amon Ross St. Brown.
2: Yeah, the, I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's well, a
0: vote of confidence of feeding Hawkinson. I was gonna and say more running that, the ball. Well,
1: Or Hawk's going to – watch. Hawk's going to shock the world. He's going to be the tight end one this year just based on volume because he's going to get the ball thrown to him 166 times this year. (laughs) It's possible. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to. I hate that. Um, Baltimore Ravens, it says Tyson, Tyson Williams has leapfrogged Justice Hill as the Ravens' number two running back. This will be more or less the topic of today's discussion, but for those of you that don't know, J.K. Dobbins had a pretty nasty injury uh, during the final preseason game. It's been confirmed that he has a torn ACL, although this one is a weird torn ACL. I should have written down what was all that said, but um, according to Fantasy Doctors, shout out to them. If you don't follow them, check them out, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. Very good information. But they are explaining the type of ACL tear that Dobbins has, and it's a borderline uh, career ending
0: ACL injury. Yeah, they think he tore, I think his MCL also, or partially tore it. So he almost blew out all the tendons. I think there's three tendons in your knee at, or four. I think he almost blew them all. You yeah, know? Jesus Christ.
1: Word has it on the street that uh, Tyson was better in pass blocking than Justice Hill. So. Which I thought Justice Hill was their pass catching back, but I mean if if you know and then he, uh, he we, is though.
2: He is the pass catching, but it's pass blocking. That's the yeah. big thing. If he can't step up in the hole and meet a a blitzing linebacker, you can't play. It'll fuck the whole offense up. Well, I mean
1: I mean, but with the Dobbins injury now it just confirms that Lamar Jackson's the best running back the Ravens oh,
0: have. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I looked at some stats and Gus Edwards actually Averaged more yards. I think he had more yards after contact than J.K. Dobbins did. Gus Edwards is a five yards a carry
1: career carrier right now.
0: Yeah, so I mean he's, he's looked bad. good.
1: Um, I mean he's obviously his ADP's through the roof now. Now, actually, let me ask you guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Rome. Where would you be comfortable taking Gus Edwards in the draft?
2: You know, it really—if we're talking a normal draft—I'm—I'm I'm liking him third round maybe fourth round I think you're getting a guy who like you guys just touched on and he's he's five yards per carry he's ripping them off what what slows me down a little bit is that they came out and said that they wanted to do a committee if they just said hey this is Gus's team he's going to do his thing I'd, I'd buy in maybe even more so but I, I think yeah. third fourth round feels, feels about right I'd say I'd take him in the third round because
0: he is on the best running offense in football right now. He, he's going to be like, not the bell cow, but he's going to get the most touches by far. Mm-hmm. He, he had almost as many yards as J.K. Dobbins last year. He had 723. J.K. Dobbins had 805. Dobbins had nine touchdowns. Edwards had six he had more re- receiving yards and less receptions i i think that he's going to just fill in what dobbins's role was just fine yeah i i think
1: i will say there's probably going to be a slight cut like if you know dobbins had all the preseason hype it's possible that dobbins is the better running back i mean we won't really know cuz they did s- basically split carries last year more or less but I don't know, I, I like Gus Edwards third fourth ish round sounds about right to me. I like him more than Daryl Henderson. That's for damn sure. I, I don't really like Daryl Henderson, but I, I, Oh, and then, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, we, we dropped his name. Um, Baltimore says that they're not pursuing Todd Gurley at this time. So I think that's more of a vote of confidence to Tyson Williams And they still have Justice Hill, so they're probably happy with the running back room right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if...
2: uh,
1: I mean, Gurley's still definitely a name to keep an eye on. I don't like him for fantasy if he does latch on anywhere. I I think his career is just about over in terms of... I think he's going to be one of those things where he's a better real-life football player than a fantasy player. Rome, are you shaking your head in agreement or disagreement?
2: It's both. It's You know how I feel about Gurley. Like, he's 26 years old. I don't understand. Get, but what? his knees are 80. That's yeah. the problem. I mean, I, I get it, man. I get it. I just, you, you, you think, you look at his age, and you're like, okay, you've got at least a couple years left, but you're right. I mean, last year he hit, he fell off a fucking cliff. He was doing so well in Atlanta, and then all of a sudden, like Week Nine rolls around, and he was just like, "All right, well, I'm fucking done." Not be a bad idea for the Ravens to pick him up
0: for the first part of the season and keep their other running backs' legs fresh. In reality, they ain't gonna do it because it's gonna cost too much. That's the biggest thing: is what does it really cost? What he yeah. costs for nine games is not worth it, and you can't depend on him to play all seventeen games.
1: Well, what Gurley needs to do is he needs to get the money that the Rams owe him first. Be like, pay me, you sons of bitches! Get your money. But he should just take a veteran contract somewhere. Like, I would swallow your pride, dude. Latch on with Tampa Bay or Kansas City, go win a ring.
2: But go full, uh, go full Bell or McCoy. If either yeah, of them want
1: him. Hey, man, yeah. I would take Todd Gurley if I if I was the. Coach of a team, why not? Abuse the shit out of him. I mean, just like Rome said, he was great. He was outstanding for the first five weeks of the season last year. He was like the running back 10, some shit like that. But then, I mean, wow. if you look at his stat line, it just peters off though. Um, I mean, last year he he ran for 678. He had nine touchdowns. That's what salvaged his uh you know, his fantasy. But it, it's just I mean, if you look at his production towards the end of the year, though four carries for 16 yards, nine for 18, one for minus one, six for 19, eight for 16. I mean, it's just not there. So I I think if he came into a team right now where he's been sitting, resting, he could be viable. Or use him right at the end, playoff push, you know, as your players get kind of tired, banged up during the season, bring him in, just beat him up until the playoffs start.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I like it. I like it.
1: Any other news that
0: we – Uh, Trey Lance's finger. I'm not. We already talked about that. We did talk about it. I must have been been lost in
1: space. We did. Well, you know what? Let's talk about some of these. uh, I guess I'll wrap it up for news and noise this episode, but we'll talk about some of the uh, positional battles that we got going on right now. So you got Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton, Mac versus Cam. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Mac and Camp. They're, uh, if you flip it, it's the same <laughs> name. Who else we got going on out there? Those are like the big ones that I could think of.
0: Those are the biggest ones. We, what do we got? Uh, some other positions, too. Is there any battles really going to other positions? I don't... There hasn't been as many this year as there has been in the past.
1: Well, you know, Rondale Moore trying to find his voice in the offense. I think... You know, it's funny... Uh, I really think Christian Kirk needs to go play for a different team. He's a talented wide receiver, but he's not going to get any play for Arizona because uh, AJ Green makes more sense in real life football, not fantasy football. I think AJ Green's going to be.
0: Don't they run a four wide a lot though? Yeah, they do. Yes, but they're, they're one of the only teams so that do it. Kirk can really still get some playing time. I mean, he's got Hopkins, Green, Kirk, Moore. Who else do
2: they have? That's it. Yeah, he can get plenty I mean, of they time. They don't really. They don't really have.
0: He'll get. Oh, An- Andy Isabella.
2: Love. Is Andy oh, Isabella the still, still there? Thing? Yeah. yeah. I believe so.
1: But I it's just it. I, I don't know. I I don't. I like Christian Kirk, but I think I think Rondale Moore is going to overtake that spot. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Christian Kirk on a different team this season, next season, when his contract runs out. But. But, like, let, let's let's circle back to the – so we got Dalton and Fields in a heated battle. Do you – I don't know. When
0: do you feel – That one's going to get taken over to soonest. You think in so? In my opinion. Out of all of them, I think that not necessarily because he's the most ready or anything like that, but because I don't think Dalton's going to provide what they want. They need somebody to make something out of nothing because their offense is not going to be super great. And yeah. Fields can
2: do that. I, I think that uh I don't know, man. I think Dalton Dalton can he can still chuck it. He can still make the offense do what it needs to do. I mean, people sleep on what he did in Cincinnati for all those years. He was he was very fantasy relevant in my opinion. He's not. He wasn't going to be the number one scorer at all, but he could still chuck the ball down the field, man. The red rocket.
0: Yeah, but what did he do in Dallas last year? And Dallas had like all the receivers in, Dallas, in the world. They, I mean, he that's threw a for two thousand sixty nine yards, fourteen t- touchdowns, eight interceptions. That's not bad in eleven games, but it's. I not mean, he was
2: getting great. Blasted he, though, blasted all year. That offensive line was a sh- in shambles. absolute shambles. He almost got, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Chicago is, is much better. I think historically speaking, they've been pretty, pretty subpar as an offensive line, but I I mean, I I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I think there's one guy who's going to come out on top of all this, no matter which one of these guys plays. And that's, and that's Alan Robinson. I think he's going to be able, this is an upgrade from last year
0: yeah I'm high on Mooney too, playing yeah. against Robinson, who's almost always going to get double coverage. absolutely I, I I think he's good.
1: What I like about Mooney to touch on that, you can get him very late in drafts, you know you're you're getting him in either double digit or close to double digit. let's
2: yeah. see
0: yeah, in our draft, he got sniped for me that was I was had that pick hoping to fall back. Let me look and see where he was drafted in our recent draft.
1: Yeah, Mooney's. So Mooney's. In he like drafted
0: the... twelve in our draft out of sixteen rounds, but our draft does run a little different than than standard draft. Yeah, our... do. But that's still late.
1: That that was kind of the the big thing that happened. I guess you know we'll we'll pivot off that stuff and we'll just kind of cover our uh our own home draft leagues. You know, our first round was entire running backs, except for me. I took Travis Kelsey at the twelve just to be an ass because I wanted to ruin running backs all the way across the board but our you know our home league you know it's very running back heavy we added ppr in hopes that it would kind of negate some of the running back heaviness but it actually uh didn't change anything this year we implemented a third wide receiver in hopes that that would change it that didn't change anything i I mean the fact
0: i think that there's a Trend going in our league, where Director Ross won three years by going somewhat running back heavy—three, maybe four picks running back as the first picks—and they people that some of the some of the league mates think that that's why he won. They aren't taking consideration his waiver wire ads, his streaming of the quarterback, his streaming of the defense, his hitting on late picks, and they think that the running backs is the answer. And while Running backs, you definitely want to get some early. People are going a little too early on them, but that does affect the entire draft.
2: It, it does. And I think this year, it did make a bit of a difference adding that third wide receiver. There was, I think, two or three years ago, all the first round and all of the second round were running backs. I fucking took LaShawn McCoy in the second round because he was the only fucking guy left. I mean, if your league gets to that point, you need to start making some changes. So I think we are moving in the right direction though, for our home league. Maybe.
0: Absolutely. I agree. It, it, you'll see an impact, maybe not this year, but when people notice the difference of roster construction and what you can do and what works, a big part of the problem in our league, which is I wouldn't say it's a problem, at least I'm sure me and director Ross agree is that in this meeting right now, we have who has been in the championship over half the time between me, director Ross and King Josh.
1: Yeah. And this is a well,
0: te- tenure. just us two. We, we do have half of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, looking at teams Rome, you had the two overall. So yeah. You- your team's overall pretty complete all the way around. You know, you got Cook and Robinson as your backs. Scary Terry and Thielen as your wide receivers. The My only concern for you would be Brandon Ayuk. Actually, here, we'll just do a quick recap. We'll go over the just top. So you got Cook, Robinson, McLaurin, Thielen, Damian Harris, Brandon Ayuk, Aaron Rodgers in the seventh as your quarterback. Philip Lindsay, LaVisca Chenault, Robert Tunyon as your tight end. So my, my concern would just be uh, Brandon Ayuk's health. I mean, if he's your wide receiver three, I like that. It's just my concern would just be his health. Although uh-huh. LaVisca Chenault with Travis Etienne out, we talked about it. He could get a lot more looks this year just because slant screens. Shit, they'll have him come out of the backfield.
2: So I can see him easily getting a hundred, over a hundred targets in the offense this year.
0: And Should deeper help. in the lineup, you have T.Y. Hilton, who that might be someone that you have to drop depending upon this injury. But you got Tyrell Williams, and I know everybody's low on him, but he might—he's going to be their wide receiver one in Detroit. He's not going to put up wide receiver one fantasy wise numbers, but he could be a wide receiver three, maybe if you p- kind of play him on matchup. Exactly. As we've said you're, you're before. playing the matchups, baby. As we've said before,
1: got to throw to somebody. <laughs> let's see. Fish, your team. The, the one critique I have about your team is you did what we told our listeners not to do. You went tight end and quarterback early. You can do either, but you can't do both. You went ahead and did both.
0: I did go ahead and do both. And I'll overall, tell you why. Okay, I, let's hear I, it. I, so I did something that I don't typically do for fantasy, and I tried to use that value-based drafting strategy and how mm-hmm. much more value does that player provide than the next player at the position. And I figured I took Waller a little bit early, but he's going to be one of the top tight ends. I took Allen early. I think Allen could be the quarterback one next year, like in all of fantasy. And then, so like Jefferson, I had to take him because it was the third round, the fourth pick. So like he's, you you get put in a position where I kind of wanted to take a running back there. But Chris Carson doesn't lead the same value over the next available positions as a Justin Jefferson potentially could. And I think that what it it led to is like a, Pretty balanced team. I'm pretty strong at four positions as my top, and then after that, it can kind of it's kind of more highly upside dependent, right? So I take value in the first four rounds, and then after that, I go high upside. It's yep. something that I kind of read about, but kind of formulated myself, just changing some of the things I've read off value base, and it it may work, it may not. It's it's kind of something I'm doing to See if
2: this is a viable
0: strategy. Well,
2: you know, you yeah, took, I mean, you, fa- you ahead, found, you found one of the guys that I thought is going to be the steal of this draft, and that's and that's Antonio Brown. I think he, finding Antonio Brown, did he, and he picked him up. What round? I know it was it was pretty late. Got I picked in him eight. up. I, I picked him up early
0: compared to his ADP. I got Sermon too, Trace Sermon in the sixth round. I think he could be a RB two easy. I mean, the reason why he took Sermon in the
1: six was because there was about three running backs left on the board. That's right, I had to. Yeah, I had to take somebody. You know, but Antonio Brown, Jerry Judy, you know, we've talked about it before. I personally believe that Jerry Judy's the wide receiver to own in in, uh, in Denver this year because, you know, Teddy White Gloves in the past, he, he'll take shots deep. You know, Sutton, Sutton actually, you know, we should have talked about this. Sutton actually looked good in his last preseason game. Uh, Stefania Bell, the injury expert for ESPN, she mentioned that Sutton actually planted and pivoted on that repaired knee, so I mean that shows. Hey, you know that knee's looking better; he's feeling better. Mookie Betts just hit a home run. In case you're wondering, the Dodgers now up three nothing. Yes, yeah, um, anyways. <laughs> uh, Director Ross is over there enjoying himself watching the baseball game. But anyways, um, you know Sutton's looking good. Uh, but I, but you know, like I said, Teddy Bridgewater he hasn't been like the big arm. Let's chuck it deep. He's the, let's play it safe. Jerry Judy, he is your slant screen, you know, your, your five yard out. So that, that's right up his alley. So I think Jerry Judy, you know, you pick him up in the, you know, the seventh. I think, I think that's a good pick. And I did
0: pick him up before Sutton. I just, like you said, I think that that, the, the way that Bridgewater plays, plays better than Jerry Judy. Now, if Drew Locke takes over, Sutton may end up scoring more than him. But it's a risk I was willing to take. I think Antonio Brown is going to be a pretty good target share for at least this situation he's in. He's not going to have a, the most targets, but they're going to be very productive targets. I think he's back.
1: Well, plus Sutton does have the repaired knee. So the the potential for re injury is still there. Right. I the mean, confidence science is-
0: seemed there, though. The confidence in yeah. trusting that knee seemed there which is exactly. a good thing for
1: him. You know, so I like that. You know, Jalen Waddle in the 10th, that's good. Ramondre Stevenson in the 11th. You know, if, if uh, excuse me, if Harris
0: goes down. I, I did that too. That's something else I could touch on. I did a lot of things in this draft I wouldn't normally do, but I was really trying to do something completely different. I picked up James White in the 9th, knowing that I wanted to get Rashad Mondre Stevenson. Kind of as an insurance policy in case stevenson doesn't work out and i knew that white was going ahead of him so I, I i reached on both of them but it was intentional because i trust stevenson may pan out and then i got gabe davis who i think is going to be good and i could pair him with josh Al- josh allen as a stack and I some people like stacking some don't i like picking when i do it i don't like it as a regular weekly thing
1: the, the one thing that actually surprised me is you took a second tight end with uh, Big Irv Smith over... You know you have Darren Waller, so...
0: Yeah, I did that... I'm probably going to cut him. I put him on my IR because he got hurt. I did that hoping to get a little bit of trade value for somebody who doesn't have a tight end or someone whose tight end gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But my tight end got hurt, so... Yeah. It's, he'll probably get... He's on my IR, not taking up any spots. But I, I do think he has a lot of upside. I was hoping to get, like, some... He played... I forget who they play week one, but they had a really good matchup week one. So I did that. And like, who else was available? I mean, I could have got Tyrell Williams, Marlon Mack, Damian Williams. There wasn't a lot available. And I was like, whatever, it's not. These picks are something that you're reaching for to see what happens. It's the 13th round out of 16. Same with my last pick. I took two quarterbacks too. I took two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and i Drafted a quarterback and a tight end early, like totally different than what I normally do. But Zach Wilson's kind of the same thing. Like, he looks like the most ready rookie right now. Yeah. He's just not on a good team. But if he pans out, it's just really to move him. Yeah.
1: yeah. Then uh, the moment you've all been waiting for, King Josh's team. I rounded out the draft at the 12th spot. So I broke the mold. So one through 11 went running back. Everybody knew I was going to take Antonio Gibson because he's been my forever boyfriend since last year. And he is my man crush this year. I was in love with him and everyone knew I was going to take him. But instead of, I just was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to be different. I took Travis Kelsey with my first pick. And then (laughs) on the comeback, I took Gibson. It would have been funny to see running backs all the way across the board, but nah, screw you guys. I took Kelsey with my first pick, which I mean, realistically, you know, I I was seeing Kelsey going as high as, you know, seventh overall in drafts. So,
0: yeah, I'm surprised he fell like Barkley. I would have taken him over Barkley, Eckler and Edwards there just because that value thing I said earlier, like I know that you always want to try to find value in my draft strategy was a little more strictly on value, but if you can, you got to kind of take that into consideration. I was really disappointed that you didn't take Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams one two though, and then just take two running backs after that. I think you could have had Why so my running backs could be Kareem no, Hunt they, and, and You would you could have got uh Mike Davis and Damian Harris or Raheem Mostert ah, or Pass. You, it you would have had the best you could win those leagues doing those strategies. I think that, that's that's one thing that I know it's difficult but I think that you're good enough player to where you could have made that work.
1: Yeah, I probably could have. I'm pretty active on the waiver wire and all that yeah. stuff. But, you know, as so I took Gibson, you know, I will say this. I was in love with my team after the first four rounds. You know, I went, uh, Kelsey Gibson took Robert Woods and Keenan Allen. And I was like, I was so happy.
0: Let's talk about that sixth round pick there. That is That could win the league, the sixth round pick.
1: Yeah, so then, uh, so then in the fifth, I took Deontay Johnson because we have to start three wide receivers. I didn't really like any of the available running backs. So then in the sixth, on the return, I took Gus Edwards. At this point in time, we didn't know about the J.K. Dobbins, how, se- how severe the injury was. But I figured, fuck it, he's going to be the starter for at least the first week or two, depending on how hurt Dobbins is. And then I figured I could flip him later or – whatever have you. And I needed a running back. I needed a running back that was going to play. Cause at this point in time, we had a, a guy in our league who took six running backs for six picks. Yeah. I mean, it was purely him just being a, an asshole. But. The
0: other thing with Gus Edwards in the sixth round too, though, is he probably has six round value of JK Dobbins plays with his production last year. Maybe not six, but like he's up, he's up within the top 10 rounds. Like, like, so you get three extra games from him. If Say Dobbins was only injured for three weeks, you get three great games, and then he's a he's a streamer flex play after that. Like the value was there regardless.
1: Yeah, I even said it in uh, you know a couple episodes back. I think Gus Edwards had standalone fantasy value if Dobbins played. You know he was a running back three four. He was a flex. I I didn't hate Edwards, and so you know like I said, no running backs were available. So I mean, I potentially have the steal of the draft with. Gus Edwards in the sixth round.
0: That's true, but you also had the worst pick of the entire draft in the seventh round (laughs) with
1: Kenyon Drake. Yeah, but that's because you hate Kenyon Drake. And I,
0: you know what? That's actually I I do hate Kenyon Drake, but that's because I took him in the second round last year. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. There depends upon how Las Vegas uses him. Exactly. Yeah,
1: then I took Jamal Williams. Then I which I
2: love that pick. I love your Jamal Williams pick. I I liked it. I I don't think he gets the credit that's due to him. I think he's a very, very great player.
0: I don't think Swift gets the credit for being injured as much as he gets injured. Also, oh,
1: he's, then,
2: about, he's about to.
1: I I have Marcus Calloway in every league I'm in. So I said, fuck it. I'll take Marcus <laughs> Calloway. Why not? And then I did get my, my other fantasy boyfriend in Ryan Tannehill. I was really heartbroken because director Ross, we even talked about it before the draft. He was like, And he was the pick before me, and he was like, you know, if Herbert's available in seven, I'm taking him. And he did. So then I – that's when I took – and it threw me off, and I ended up taking Kenyon Drake because I thought I was going to take Herbert there in the seventh. But that's okay. Like I said, I ended up three rounds later, I got my boyfriend, Ryan Tannehill. The pick I actually like, too, was late. I I got Jacoby Myers in the 11th, which could be a name. You know, Director Ross had the idea that maybe we'll – the next episode, we're going to talk about some of your dart throw late round draft picks. Jacoby Meyer in the 11th, I like that. He's going to be the wide the wide receiver one for New England. He's had chemistry with Mac this preseason. Uh, Nikhil Harry's hurt. Nelson Aguilar can't catch COVID herpes, even if he tried. He could lick toilet bathrooms and wouldn't catch it. So, I mean, I think Myers is going to be the sneaky wide receiver to own in New England. And I got him for free, you know? Yeah. So, and then, and plus like, like we've talked about these late round value picks anyways, I didn't lose anything. Like if I had to drop him next week, whatever, he was my 11th round pick. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So, I mean, go, go for upside. That's why, you know, Callaway, I probably reached for him at nine. I just, I didn't where think he you, was.
0: Where do you consider it's not a big deal anymore when you're drafting? Because in my opinion, I started taking that strategy, as you could see, in about the ninth round.
2: Yeah, ninth round. Yeah, I
0: took James I was going to say White, ninth or tenth, yeah. James uh, Jalen Waddle. Like, I'm just taking guys that have either – one of two things. Either a high floor or a high ceiling. That's all I'm looking for. I don't care if they have both, just one or the other. Like, Gabe Davis. Like, he doesn't have – like, his floor could be bad. But he could also – I mean – Depending upon what Cole Beasley does, go off for three touchdowns in a game easy. Uh, same with Stevenson's the been the the best backup running rookie running back in the. He's league. the preseason just, MVP. Yeah, he, I mean he's got the most yards after contact in preseason. He's got the most touchdowns. Like if they don't use him, I could cut him, but I just don't see them not. And then I like I said, I took James White as that security blanket, like. Give me both of them, and I'll figure out which one works, and I'll cut the other one.
1: Well, I mean, with us being half PPR, James White does have some value anyways. He is the pass-catching back. He's been the pass-catching back. That's been his bread and butter
0: his whole career. I'm really hoping that Stevenson's just downright takes the starting job from Sony. Yeah. or not Sonny, I mean, from um, Damian, and I think it's possible. watch
2: it. I don't know, man. I think Damian – it, it, he hasn't had the same amount of opportunities in the preseason now stevenson looks great but harris looked pretty good last year when he finally, when he was the one getting the bell cow reps i just want to see who fumbles first
0: if harris <laughs> yeah, fumbles really first, it it's to, right? stevenson's game you know like <laughs> that's, that's really kind of what i'm getting to. at and like these players can be cut my running backs are kind of thin but but they can be cut I think Edmonds is a sneaky pick that could be really good, and Sermon as well. So I feel like I have three strong running backs, so I'm not too concerned with that, really. It's just those picks are very much in that realm of let's see what happens, and they might get cut.
1: Although with that being said, let's just reiterate, you don't win your league at the draft. It's waiver pickups. It's trades. It's trades. You have to make moves during stay active. Um, Last year I had Saquon and Dak on my team and both guys obviously got hurt. And that complete, I thought my, I thought I was out. I ended up picking up Ryan Tannehill off waivers. I picked up Eric Ebron off waivers and he was my touchdown tight end. Um, I traded away a player and acquired Antonio Gibson, which unfortunately when he got hurt at the end of the year, that was my downfall. But I ended up in the championship because I made moves. You make moves. That's how you. Yeah.
0: And you played me in the championship and you were up. This is, this is interesting because it was the same scenario in our dynasty league and our redraft league. In redraft, you were up by about 30 points and Monday night football came around and all I had left was Devante Adams In dynasty. I was up by about 30 points. And all, director Ross had was Devontae Adams, and Devonte Adams went out and scored fifty points. Yeah. So, it's that kind of loss is like it's as heartbreaking as it is. It's almost fluky. Like even from Devontae Adams, that many points was not common. I don't yeah. know if it was fifty points. I was exaggerating probably, but there's big leads in both leagues. Hmm. Yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean, but but again, just make moves. That that's the only way to survive. I mean, it's injuries happen, trades happen, sexual assaults and allegations, alleged sexual assault charges happen okay. and things change. So I mean you have to you have to stay fluid, make don't quit. I mean if you start 0 4, don't quit. Keep playing.
0: You just gotta be the last team in the playoffs. I mean exactly. you don't see Keep that that much you don't you know it's you know comparative in like live sports is in hockey, a lot of the teams that win the Stanley cup aren't very good or that, they aren't yeah. not very good, but they, they barely make it to the playoffs In football. It's kind of opposite. Baseball. It's kind of the opposite, but you see that a lot. And th- that's kind of the mentality you should have is like, let's keep making moves. Let's make the playoffs. And then let's, you know, hash it out from there.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: But I don't know. I think this is a good place to wrap it up tonight. I think in the next episode, we're going to talk about your late round flyers again. Just, I mean, I know, last weekend was national fantasy draft weekend, but we still have one more draft coming up and drafts are still happening. So let's talk about some late round values. And then eventually we're going to be talking about our week one positional breakdowns for your season, help you guys with your start, sit and flex questions. Hell yeah. But yeah. So, Hey, thanks for listening guys. Thanks for supporting the show. Get us on the social medias at filthy F ball show on Twitter at Filthy Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. Send in your emails to Filthy Fantasy Football Show at gmail.com and again, tell your friends. Thanks for listening guys. King Josh, Josh the King. Big Rome,
0: Fantasy fish.
2: Have a good one, y'all.